Welcome everyone to this episode in the Isaiah series where we focus on Isaiah chapter 5, which is all about the song of the vineyard. I, Reese Thomas, am sat here in New Life Church, Felter with Steve Friend. Hi there, Reese. How are you doing today? I'm not too bad, a bit cold, but we're okay. As always, as always, it is a very cold building. Um, but today we're really excited to be talking about leadership lessons. So we're going really, really specific for this one um, in regards to the topic leadership, but then really broad, I guess, when it comes to we want to uh, look at healthy biblical understandings of leadership from what we can glean from the Song of the Vineyard in Isaiah 5, and then say, how do we assess what's happening in this cultural moment um, when we look across the Western world? Um, what is happening in our cultural moment where we see this either working well or where we don't, and what it actually looks like to uh, pursue godly leadership in, whether that be family life, uh, church life, uh, the political sphere, whatever, um, but homing really on good godly leadership. Um, in the video on the YouTube series, you mentioned the six woes. I just wonder if you want to briefly go through those uh, and what they look like. Yeah, absolutely. So the the six woes were really character traits that were going on in the leadership of the nation of Judah. And I thought it would be interesting to flip those around and say, okay, if these are our elements of, of bad leadership, if these are evidences of bad leadership, what would good leadership look like? And so on the one hand, uh, the, these people were, were greedy, and kind of the opposite of that would be generosity. So good leadership would, would, would come from a generous heart and a generous spirit. Then there was, there was excess and living a life to, it, to excess, and really the, the flip side of that is moderation. And then there's deceitfulness. So they were living in a way that was deceitful, that was not honest. And the opposite of that would therefore be openness. So a good leader would be displaying an open heart, a, a, an openness, uh, I guess, to, to scrutiny and an openness in the way of their dealings. And then flat out lies was the, the sixth woe, which is, is fairly straightforward because in essence, the leaders that we love and prize are those who tell us the truth. They're actually prepared to be honest and upfront with us. And then there's the concept of pride. So the leaders in Judah were proud. They were all about themselves. They were all about how can I get something from this? Whereas when we look at leadership, again, that is uh, valued within uh, our world, actually those leaders are humble. They're people of humility. They're people who say, it's not about me. Uh, it's about us. It's about us working together. And then finally, the leaders in Judah were uh, strung through with corruption. And I, su I guess the, the one thing that we look for in our leaders that we would love to see is trust. Mm. And, and that is the, the characteristic that comes up. So those good positive traits of generosity, moderation, um, openness, truth, humility, and trust. Wicked. That's amazing. If I, so I know you just uh, re-emphasize them then. If I say the unhealthy one, if you just repeat what the healthy one looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if the unhealthy leadership trait is greed, then what's the positive one? Yeah, generosity. If the unhealthy one is excess? Moderation. If the unhealthy one is deceit? Openness. If the unhealthy one is twisting the truth? Yeah, and, and, and lies, blatantly lies, then truth is, is, is the honest. And then if yeah. the fifth one then is pride? Uh, then we're talking about humility. And then if the sixth one then is corruption? This comes into trust. Cool. They're really helpful. I guess on the on the playlist that you're going on, just click the rewind by 10 seconds mark and you should get each of those um, just repeated. I think they're really helpful things just to have written down on a fridge um, to be a people who desire those healthy characteristics. 
Um, I want to go straight in then with something that we don't want to come either side of a debate, but something really interesting in the past three weeks, I guess, or somewhat two months has happened. I mean, we didn't plan this, did we, Reece? So we're, no. we're planning to talk about Isaiah, and then the world just goes nuts. Yeah, the world goes actually crazy. Um, and so we want to just assess kind of the scenario with, obviously, this sieging of the Capitol building um, by rioters. Um, and then, obviously, the inauguration has kind of just happened, and just uh, the discourse surrounding that as well. And I just don't know if you want to open out with what we really see as the kind of influences for um, why would uh, an approach to seeking justice be to siege a, a building? Um, and then on the other side, uh, a lot of the discourse has been around healing. Do you just want to unpack kind of what we've seen in the past two weeks? Yeah, and I think for Christians, it's been a really difficult time as we've been on social media because you see that some Christians very much align themselves with the right and other Christians very much align themselves with the left. Um, and we do know as well that social media in, it, in and of itself can tend towards being very divisive, can tend towards opinions being very, very polarized. And that's really what's happened with, with our politics, hasn't it? Is that it's become populist, it's become very divided, it's become very extreme. And whichever way you look at it, what's happening is that very extreme positions are being set out. And, and, and that makes it hard for us as Christians because, hey, we might feel an affinity to a, one political party or another, but that actually isn't who we are. It's not our calling. Our calling is to be people of God's kingdom, mm. not of any specific kingdom on this earth. And I suppose as, as we look at what happened with uh, the, the, the situation in, in America, there are elements on both sides that you can say, okay, we understand you. We understand where you come from. We understand that, that the Trump supporters felt that an injustice had been done. And whether mm. that was true or not, that's how they felt. It's genuinely, they felt, look, this is not just, this is not fair. Mm. And as, as Christians, we're looking to be people of justice. We're looking to be people yeah. of righteousness. Isaiah shouts it out from the rooftops. Um, God is a God of righteousness. He's a God of justice. It's, mm. it's who he calls us to be. Whereas on the other hand, there were many other voices in America saying what we need right now is calmness. What we need is healing. Mm. And, and I share a lot of sympathy with that as, a, uh, as an attitude, as an approach. I think that there's a lot to be said for that from a godly perspective of, of, of healing and coming together and, and uniting. But on its own, without justice, it doesn't mean a great deal. Yeah. And he said, well, how do we get to that place where you can have both unity and justice? How can we have a place where, where dare we say, justice and grace can meet mm -hmm. each other? And that's where we find ourselves with the person of Jesus and in the, the wonder of the cross. Uh, and I suppose what happens when we start to talk about these ideas is that what we're doing is we're divorcing the kingdom from the king. Yeah. Because Jesus says, comes and says, like, look, I want to be king over the world. Yeah. I, I want to be king over everything, not so I can lord it over you, but that so that I can bring healing. Yeah. But in doing so, it, th this has to be a kingdom of justice. Otherwise, how can there be the sort of the grace, the acceptance and, and, and the love that there needs to be? It can't be divorced from that idea of what's right and wrong morally. And those two sides, I suppose, are, are kind of shouting at each other from the sidelines. But the, the, the middle ground of meeting is not actually in any one political character. And though we, 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 we pray for President Biden and pray that uh, good uh, uh, will come during his reign, nevertheless, we're not wedded to either Democrat or Republican in that case, or either conservative or, or Labour left or right with, within whichever sphere we're living in. What we're wedded to is a kingdom of, of love and peace and justice as embodied by the person, the relational person of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. 
And one of the interesting things, I guess, from the Isaiah series so far has been uh, identifying that it's a divided kingdom. Uh, and that in itself, um, it brings disruption. Um, and one of the things we see from godly leadership, if we turn to 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14, um, this is what God calls his people to do. Uh, he says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And we saw that actually the thing that would create unity amongst peoples would be a united turning to God, a united turning to seek God's face. And that a, valley, a valuable part of good godly leadership is first and foremost being formed by the king and not being totally influenced by the views of the kingdom. It's such an important principle, it really is. And I love the fact that that even picks up some of the characteristics we were talking about in terms of positive leadership principles. So in the first instance, you know, humbling themselves. Well, that was one of the principles we talked about, leading with humility. Uh, the, the concept of trust then, you can trust in somebody who is bearing it all and saying, okay, Lord, we, we need you in this situation. And then bringing that truth to it. We have sinned as a nation. We have sinned as individuals. We've sinned as, as, uh, as people within the church. We've sinned and, and turning to God and saying, we, we know we need you. And that openness uh, to, to receiving God and understanding that, that he is the one that we need mm -hmm. in order to bring about good within our own lives, then out to society and out to the world. Amazing. So moving on a little bit um, and talking about, uh, so Isaiah again, we see Isaiah in a place where hierarchical leadership is really the way of the world at that point. Um, you've got leaders who rule and establish, or establish and rule kingdoms. Um, that looks a little bit different, I guess, for us in regards to the hierarchical leadership when we see the rise of influencer culture. Uh, and anyone can be an influencer, anyone's got a following. Um, how do we navigate that? Yeah, it's a weird time, isn't it? I mean, the 21st century has been a bit like this, for people being famous for being famous. I mean, that it's, it's almost unthinkable. You think back and go, wow, when, when was this ever the case, you know? Um, even in Isaiah's time, this is a funny thing that happened here. Isaiah starts predicting that actually, as the fabric of society started to break down around him, that leadership would get very fragmented and they would just kind of call on anybody. Well, hey, I mean, you've still got a house that's standing. You be our leader. Um, but that's not quite what's happened with society. What's been really interesting is that uh, as, as we see generations moving on, uh, there was this sort of very hierarchical approach to society that you respected your elders and you respected the police and you looked up to people who were apparently above you and so on. And then future generations have started to see actually the folly in that, the, mm. the, the gaps in that, the problems in that, the places where you actually couldn't trust authority and where uh, there, there was corruption and where there were problems and then where there was injustice. And so there's been pretty much a mass turning away from that, facilitated then by mass media and by the, the, the social media and, and, and the new channels that we have. It therefore gives a much greater opportunity for people to bring influence even if they have no formal leadership position. And I find that really fascinating within the life of the church. And rather than rebelling against that as God's people, I think that the, it can be used in a really powerful way. Because what it tells us is actually what's always been true. That every person exerts leadership, control, mm. and authority one way or another. Everybody 
is going to give something of themselves. And other people are looking at that and they're seeing it and they're saying, okay, what do I like about that? What, what do I find winsome? What do I find attractive about that as a person from their character, from the way that they are and so on? It actually gives us an opportunity as Christians to say, here are the values that we live by and here are the things that, that we hope that you see in us and find attractive. Without having to have that position, it's no longer necessary, I guess, we sit in a church building tonight, but it's no longer necessary to have a church building mm -hmm. in order to bring a message. That's quite fascinating. And that gives us an opportunity for, for influence, either for good or for bad, but it gives us an opportunity for influence that goes beyond simply those hierarchical structures or what my title might be. Yeah, That's, it actually seems like a fairly healthy leavening out. I think one of the issues that has been highlighted about influencer culture is potentially a lack of integrity and a lack of transparency. That for 10 minutes on a YouTube video, you can look a certain way. Uh, or on an Instagram post, you can look and pr uh, pose an image of yourself that isn't accurate. Um, and whilst there's no way of knowing uh, when that's happening and when that isn't, I think those would be the critiques of it. But yeah, the, like the healthy aspects of it is that it really gives us an onus that actually, yeah, like there, there is a call for all of us to be good examples of leadership in different spheres of life. And that may range from uh, really like publicly perceived big positions and what maybe the public would perceive as the much smaller ones, but actually there's an equality of all of those that actually are called, guess whatever the size of the vineyard is to look after that vineyard well. Yeah. Um, and so we just want to go through three examples, um, one being fatherhood, um, and these are really from your life. Um, so fatherhood, uh, church, and work. Uh, you've been a leader in all those spaces. Um, what's the differences with those and what's uh, the things that you look for in, in all of those uniquely? Um, where do they blend uh, and how do you navigate those things? Yeah, I felt it was important, you know, as, as we were talking, for us to ground all of this in a bit of, um, bit of reality, bit of where people might be. So, you know, if you're listening away right now, um, this is not some sort of theoretical, philosophical debate about right and left and politics and yeah. the state of the world. Actually, this has a reality for our lives, doesn't it? This, yeah. is, this is right here and now. If, it, as is true, we all have influence, and we do, within our spheres, and our spheres are actually much wider than they ever used to be, uh, primarily due to communication methods, social media, et cetera, et cetera, then that means there's a great opportunity. And I don't, I don't want anyone to come away thinking, do you know what, um, now I'm a bit scared, because hey, I'm an influencer and I have to watch what I'm doing. Actually, the, it, when I get close to Jesus, all he calls me to do is to say, be salt and light in this world. Just, just yeah. be who you are in me, yeah. in this world. Be an influence. Be an influencer for me. And I, I quite like that. And, and so that, that then got me thinking about the, the ways in which I had had influence in my life, I, that I have had influence during, during the different spheres of my life. And, and I guess the first time that I was, in that sense, a leader was I became a father. Yeah. And uh, I had um, three lovely children and I've now acquired another one and I've got, I've got another child. So I've got, I've got five altogether, uh, four, four children and a stepson. And it's... Um, it's a beautiful thing, you know, to become a dad, but you do it the first time, and I was young, and uh, I suppose it sort of almost happened to me. I kind of became a leader almost, not quite by accident, but it sort of happened to me, you know? And then you realize that, wow, I'm in charge of this little life, and, and I've got to look after this little person, and, and then as they grow up, and, and you're trying to build 
all those positive things into them and some things you, you get right and some things you get wrong and you think, wow, there's a real responsibility in that. There's a thing about that. So, so for all of those who are, who are parents or becoming parents or thinking of becoming parents, I mean, there's a leadership responsibility in that in and of itself. And I suppose that was the first place I sort of cut my teeth a little bit on leadership and made a whole bunch of mistakes. So sorry about that, kids. Um, but I, then I went on and I became a leader within the church. And that has a different element to it. So uh, then you're responsible for the spiritual well-being and health of a congregation of people, of a church of people. And it really is it, it's quite a lovely, but a, also an amazingly responsible thing because you think, wow, what we speak on, on a Sunday and the way we, we pray for people, the way we interact with them and, and try and pastorally care for them will, will have deep impact upon their lives. And there is a weight of responsibility a, a, on that. And, but it's a lovely thing as well to be able to help someone to come through um, in, in, in strength in, in the things of God. Absolutely amazing. And then after that, I think it was a bit unusual in this because after that I came into leadership in the workplace. And that has its own interesting dynamics to it, its own fun dynamics, because, of course, you think about those positive leadership principles and characteristics, you know, generosity, moderation, openness, truth, humility, trust. So now I'm in, in the church leadership sphere, and all those things are kind of natural, because, hey, they're Christian words, aren't they? They're good Christian words, and everyone's expecting good Christian leaders to lead in that way and live that way. And then I come into the workplace, and I find that many people in the workplace don't live that way. And in fact, to be a leader in the workplace sometimes means giving up some of those principles or bending some of them or compromising some of them. And there's a challenge there as a Christian in that environment to say, okay, am I going to get to the top by treading on other people? Mm. Am I going to hide my mistakes, the errors that I made? Am I going to blame somebody else, maybe one of my colleagues or one of my teammates, for something that went wrong? Or am I going to hold up and say, no, openness, truth, honesty says, actually, that was me. Mm. Even if that hurts my future promotion prospects, mm. that's what leadership in God's terms means. Mm. And it's completely at odds with what the world preaches. And that makes it really challenging, but also really exciting. For me, really exciting, because it's one of the ways that I can display that I'm a child of the king, that I'm, I'm part of his kingdom. I'm not mm. part of this thing that is happening here on earth. I'm, I, I'm in it, but I'm not of it, you know? Um, and it gives me a great opportunity. And I just encourage people who are listening, say, okay, you're in a sphere where, where you're bringing influence, where you're bringing leadership, where you've got an opportunity to show all of that. Build those principles into your life whereby you're living for God's kingdom first. And even if that hurts your career, it doesn't matter because mm. he knows and he rewards way above whatever can happen here on this earth. Yeah, that's so good. Um, just two interesting examples actually then that come to mind and they're, they're really recent examples, I guess. Um, one is the, the positive influence of Jürgen Klopp on contemporary culture and uh, kind of football management and bringing a real fresh vision to what it looks like to be a good leader. Um, and he's brutally honest about his own limitations and suggests that the way to uh, develop a better squad and a better kind of vision for football is for him to release as much power as possible to people who are good at what they do. That's such an interesting thing, because yeah. I think one of the things we're taught is not to do that. We're taught to, to grab it, to take power, to, to keep moving forward. 
Um, and really, in the media's eyes, you can kind of do no wrong at the moment. Um, obviously, you had great success with Liverpool, but it's those leadership characteristics that I actually see like my own boss uh, as reading his material, reading what he's saying and seeing how he does that. And um, obviously, Jurgen Klopp professes to be a Christian. And, um, and it's really cool to see that embedded as something that's actually desirable for people. Like it's countercultural, but it's really, really desirable. And then on the other side, I don't mean to slam character, but one of the interesting things from lockdown was seeing the effect of the, like the Dominic Cummings effect of the government telling us to do certain things um, and then the most senior advisor doing something very different to that uh, and seeing how that affected uh, the way people perceived the rules and the, the information they were being um, given and, and actually yeah. then realizing that actually the world does really value integrity and it, it wants leaders to be uh, people who are good people, who lead with integrity, who uh, ad eventually what you say right at the end of your, your video or the teaching series is um, that people who are good, godly leaders will create a place of safety. Uh, they will lead in righteousness. Uh, they will be kind and servant-hearted people looking out for the needs of their people and the people will graze in their vineyard because good godly leadership produces good fruit. Um, I just thought, yeah, that's just, for me, just a really interesting thing right at the end um, to see actually, yeah, like we see that people do desire um, that good, healthy leadership and Christians are called to be influences in that vein. Yeah, absolutely. And these things are not built overnight, you know. Mm. They're characteristics that we build into our lives with the help of the Lord, with the influence of the Holy Spirit on a day-by-day -day basis, piece yeah. by piece. These are things that are done in the dark, in the secret, aren't they? They're not yeah. things that are done out there. Um, it's a great fanfare. They're, they're things that we build into our lives, piece by piece, step by step. But I want to encourage everyone listening that, you know what? Um, you have more influence that you, than you know. Mm. More people are interested in you and watching you and learning from you and growing from what you are doing, from your example, from who you are, than you can possibly know. And if you build these pieces into your life, it is going to reap a harvest mm. of, of absolute righteousness and mercy and grace. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for choosing to, listening, uh, to listen in on another episode. Um, please do check out the Deeper channel on uh, YouTube and click the subscribe button, top right corner, bottom left corner of all the videos. Uh, and also click subscribe on our Spotify series and add it to your library uh, so that you are notified every time a new piece of content comes. Also, feel free to sign up to our newsletter, which goes out, every, or our email alert, sorry, that goes out um, every weekend. Um, and you'll be alerted about any new content that comes out. Have a blessed week wherever you are. Thank you from me. And thank you from me.